Ashley Brock reading Dolores Watson's book Dade, Chapter Ten. Every muscle in Dade's body was primed for a fight. Yeah, Kaylee and he managed to capture the person who tried to kill them, but that person wasn't talking. Danny Flynn, however, was smirking. Despite the handcuffs and ankle shackles, the SOB lunged in the interview room while Carrie and another medic bandaged the gaze. The graze wound on the top of his left shoulder wasn't a serious injury enough for him to go to the hospital. Besides, Dave didn't want the snake out of his sight. If there's, if there's were the old days, I could beat a confession out of him. Mason mumbled. His brother was right behind Kayla and him, and all three of them were glaring at the hired gun who would refuse to answer a single question, much less admit his guilt in nearly killing Kayla and Dade. I wish I could just slap that stupid smile right off his face, Kayla added, earning as close to an approving nod as Mason ever gave. He put my baby in danger, and by God, he's going to pay for that. Dade felt the same way, but Flynn had already lawyered up. That meant Brennan would probably pay the bill for the attorney who was on his way from San Antonio. Somehow, they had to get Flynn to confess that Brennan had hired him to kill Caleb. That's what, what, what had really happened. The pieces all seemed to point in that direction, but there was a niggling doubt in the back of Dade's mind. Maybe that had something to do with the way Carrie kept glancing back at him. They didn't trust her, and he was trusting her less and less with each passing second. Kayla groaned again and glanced first at Dave's phone, which he held in his hand. Then she glanced at the dispatcher who was seated, seated behind the front counter. Grayson will call us as soon as he has Connie and Robbie settled, Dade reminded her. That didn't soothe her. Nothing sort of holding her son would, and Dade couldn't give that to her right now. Grayson hadn't wanted to bring Robbie and Connie back into town, where they might be spotted by one of Brennan's cronies or someone who might inadvertently reveal their location. Instead, Grayson had decided to go ahead and establish a new safe house somewhere, and Dade wouldn't know the location until everything was in place. Kayla glanced up at him. There was no longer fear in her eyes, just the anger fueled by what it had to be a bad adrenaline crash. I don't know how much more I can take of this, she whispered, leaning closer, so that only Dade would hear. I know. And even though he knew it would earn him a glare from Mason, Dade slipped his arm around her and eased her out of the doorway and away from Flynn's light of sight. But Mason didn't glare. Well, not at Kayla and him, anyway. He glared at Flynn. The medics finished and packed up their equipment. Tommy Waters came out first and nodded a farewell to them. Tommy was fresh out of his EMT training, and this was probably his first gunshot wound. He seemed in a hurry to get out of there. Not Carrie, though. She stopped, snared Dade's gaze. How did this joker find you? Carrie asked if she hadn't already considered the possibility. He followed you. And Dade didn't make it sound like a question. It was not only possible. It was likely that Flynn had followed either Carrie and Misty or Winston and Allen. Carrie shook her head, but not before sending a ver venomous glance at Kayla, probably because Dade still had his arm around her. No one followed me, Carrie insisted. She looked around as if to see who was listening, but her sister made some calls when, he, when we were driving out there. Why don't you ask her about it? And with that toss under the bus, Carrie strode away. Dade cursed. He would ask Missy, all right, but he hated the concern that created in Kayla's eyes. She had enough on her plate without suspecting her sister's involvement in these attacks. I'll find out where Kayla's sister is, Mason volunteered, and I'll see if I can come up with something.
you can use for leverage to get this dirt bag to spill his guts. The dirt bag was still smirking. If Flynn had any plan whatsoever, if Flynn had any pain whatsoever from his injury, he certainly didn't show it. No fear either. Probably because he thought his lawyer would be able to wrangle a deal. But there was only one thing that would make Dade deal with Flynn. For Flynn to hand them grinning on a silver platter. Kayla caught on to Dade's arm when he started to move around her and go into the tear breaking room. Can you call Grayson before you question Flynn? She asked. They didn't have to debate this, even though he knew Grayson was no doubt busy. Still, Kayla had to have some reassurance. It's been nearly two hours since Grayson had driven off with Connie and Robbie. They'd shut the door between Flynn and them and pressed in Grayson's number on his cell. His brother answered on the first ring, and Kayla moved closer so she could hear, Everything's okay, Grayson assured him, or they could even speak. I have Connie and the baby at a safe location. Where? Kayla immediately asked, but Grayson didn't give her an immediate answer. He hesitated big time. I'd rather not say. We obviously have some kind of breach in security, maybe a leak in communication, and tell them sure it's safe. I don't want to tell anyone where we are. Tears sprang to Kayla's eyes. But I need to see my baby. Anyway, Grayson answered, just give me a few more hours to make sure I've made things as safe as for Robbie as I can. How can you do that? Kayla asked. Her voice was trembling now. She was on the verge of a full-fledged cry. Nate is on his way where? There to the sheriff's building so he can run a bug sweep. I want to make sure Brendan or one of his henchmen didn't plant some kind of listening or tracking aim device. Then Nate will interview all four people who went to the safe house because one of them could have leaked your location. So that meant Winston, Allen, Carrie, and Misty would all be brought back in. Good. Dade was to the point where he didn't trust any of them. When I'm sure it's safe to do so, I'll arrange to have Dade bring you here, okay? Grayson asked. It took her several seconds to agree. Okay. It certainly wasn't the arrangement she wanted, but it would have to do. Robbie's safety camera. I'll have Nate call you when he's done. Dade told his brother. At the end of the call, he turned again. Why don't you wait in my office while I talk to Flynn? Her breath rushed out of her with her words. I don't want to. I want to hear what he has to say. They couldn't have... Her in the interrogation room with Flynn, he had to follow the rules. Well, the basic ones, anyway. Plus, Kayla was on the verge of losing it. And she, if she went in after Flynn and tried to slap that smile off his face, might get her. You can watch and listen in the room next door. They let her know there's a two-way mirror. Kayla looked as if she might argue, but they'd crush the kiss on her. I won't be long. And he ushered her into the observation room. Because the camera was already positioned near the two-way mirror to record Flynn's interview in the other room, Dade went ahead and turned it on to start the recording. He was about to go back to Flynn when he saw Mason making his way back toward him. I just got off the phone with Nate's contact at SAPD. Flynn has a teenage son that he calls Little Dan. Apparently, he's the apple of Flynn's worming little eyes. The kid just turned 16 and has a juvenile record. When he was in lockup last year, little Dan lost it. Had some kind of panic attack because he's claustrophobic. My advice is play dirty with that bit of info and see where it gets you. Dade would. Flynn certainly hadn't minded the dirty play when he fired those shots around Robbie and Caleb. So Dade would give him a little of his own medicine. Flynn sat. Waiting. Oh, yeah. He was a pro at this. They knew the man was 36 and had been arrested four times for assault and battery. Assault and breaking and entering. However, there had been no arrests in the past two years since he'd been on Charles Brennan's payroll. You're wasting your time, 
Lund volunteered the moment Dade stepped inside. His mouth widened, revealing tobacco-stained chipped teeth with a yellowy-gray in his dark hair. Lund looked much older than his ears. I'm not saying anything to you. Then Dade read him his rights, and he swirled the empty metal chair around and sat in it so that he could casually drape his arm over the back. He wanted to look as laid back as Flynn, even though inside him there was a bad storm brewing. Dade really wanted to beat this guy senseless for trying to kill Kayla. You don't need to say anything, Dade said. I'll just keep you company until your lawyer arrives. Then we'll process you and put you in a holding cell. Dade forced my look at you. So relaxed, not bothered at all by any of this. Nothing like your son. He's really making a fuss over at SAPD. Flynn smirk evaporated. What the hell does that mean? Dade shrugged. Paused long enough to get Flynn to squirm. SAPD picked up a little Dan about a half an hour ago. Flynn would have come across the table if he hadn't been for the shackles teetering. You got no right to touch my boy. Oh, yeah? Well, SAPD disagreed. An eyewitness tied little Dan to the shootings. Dade shook his head. Fainting concern. This S. Reed's attempted murder, and from what I hear from my brother over at SAPD, they're going to charge your boy as an adult. Flint made a feral sound and violently shook the chain. I need to call him now. Another headshake. You got your one phone call, and you made it to your lawyer. You can't do this. Flint's jaw was iron. Little Dan can't stand to be pinned up. He gets these fits, and he'll need his meds. He'll go crazy without them. They've made a sound about him. Yeah. That probably explains why he tried to call you when he was picked up. But, of course, we have your phone and evidence, so his call went to your voicemail. Too bad. I heard the officers had to get rough with him to put him in the cell. Flynn opened his mouth again to make the animal sound, but then he squeezed his eyes shut and groaned. He had nothing to do with this. Let him go. Can't do that. Attempted murder of a baby, a witness in protective custody, and a deputy sheriff. Those charges aren't just going away. Flynn breathed, came, Flynn's breath came out in a short, angry spurts, and the veins popped out of his forehead. The seconds crawled by, and Dade hoped Flynn would say something, anything, before the lawyer walks in and uncovered Dade's lie. The lie would hold up in court because cops were allowed to get false information during interrogation. However, the lawyer would no doubt advise Flynn to stay quiet. What do you want to hear, Flynn? <laughs> the truth, of course. And Dade waited until he <laughs> did some praying. My son had nothing to do with this, Flynn repeated. So as soon as I've had my wet say, you'll make a call to get him released. Deal? Despite the time eating away at him, Dade pretended to think about it. If you convince me that little Dan is innocent, then I'll make the call. Flynn's dirt eyes narrowed. His mouth shook because his teeth were clenched so tight, but he finally nodded. Charles Brennan hired me and Raymond Salvetti to scare his daughter-in-law. To do that, we had to find her, so we had someone watching her sister. I followed her out to the house where you and Kayla were hiding out. No, oh, that didn't help Dade's anger to hear it out loud, and he wondered how Kayla was doing with this. Maybe she sh would have come bursting in the room. Scare, Dade John. You fired shots at her. You tried to kill her. No, Flynn quickly disagreed. The orders were to scare her, but Salveta got trigger happy and fired into the estate. That was his doing, not mine. Hell, I could have blown up the house today with her in it, but those weren't my orders. I was just supposed to grab the baby and get out there fast. It took a moment for Dave to tamp down the emotion, the anger. Nope, it was rage. He hated this slimy piece of filth in front of him. Why take the baby? Even though Dave was sure, he already knew the answer. He wanted this on tape. Fled and dragged in a worry For leverage, Brennan figured his daughter-in-law would do anything, include keeping her mouth shut, to get that kid back. 
Yeah, that was what Data expected, but he hadn't expected for it to feel as if someone had slugged him. Robbie and Kayla could have been hurt or killed. Why did Salvetti call Kayla so dangerous? To make her look suspicious, Flynn cursed. But Salvetti wasn't too bright because he wasn't supposed to call me. Well, that explained that. I didn't believe the man was talking about Kayla's sister. Was that called that her up to? I don't know. Another quick answer. Salvetti was taking his orders directly from Brennan, not me. So I don't know why he called anyone. Now, it's your turn. Phone your cup, buddies, and get my boy out of lockup. They met his main line. If I do that, he'll just recant all of this later. What I want is proof that links you and Salvetti to Brennan. Flynn looked up at the ceiling as if seeking divine intervention. They just waited him out, hoping the lawyer or Kayla wouldn't come barging in. There's something that ties Salvetti to a crime. If you dig hard enough, I'm betting you can connect the dots from Salvetti to Brennan. But if I tell you, you gotta promise witness protection for me and my boy. You know I can't make a promise like that. But I'll see what I can do. And they would, because as much as they despised Flynn, he despised Brennan more and wanted to put him away from it. What proof do you have? Flynn Swaddlehart. There's a will, there's a wall safe in my house in San Antonio. Inside, there's a gun with Salvetti's fingerprints. That gun was used in a murder. They heard the voices in the front part of the building. I figured the lawyer had arrived. Connect the dots for me. Says, what does this gun and murder have to do with Brennan? Flynn leaned close. Salvetti has worked for Brennan a long time, longer than me, and he was working for Brennan when this murder happened. My advice? Dig into it. Now, please, go SAPD. They'd heard the hurried footsteps coming down the hall. Two sets. One belonged to Mason, he soon learned, and the others belonged to Darcy Burkhart, an attorney who had recently moved to Silver Creek. But Darcy was no stranger to Dade. No, she had been one of Brennan's attorneys during the initial investigation. This interview is over, the petite brunette said. She was a good foot shorter than Mason, who loomed over her, but she still managed to have an air of authority. I need to consult with my client. They got this one. Your client just confessed to an assorted of felonies. Darcy stayed calm, but fired a nasty glance at Flynn. I need to speak to him alone. They nodded and used a remote device on the wall to turn off the video recorder, as he was required to do. Client attorney privilege. But Dade thought he might already have what he needed without any additional statement from Flynn. Make that call, Flynn shouted out to him as Dade headed for the door. I will. Dade lied. Stepped out in the hall with Mason. The lawyer went in, and Dade waited until she shut the door before he said anything. We'll need a search warrant for Flynn's safe, Dade instructed, and we need Brennan back in custody. It's already in the works, Mason assured him. SAPD will pick up Brennan, and they'll execute the search warrant the moment they have it in their hands. You think this will link us to Brennan? I hope so. Dade hated that he sounded so pessimistic, especially when he realized that Kayla was right behind Mason and hanging on his every word. Flint did confess that Charles hired him. Kills it. Yeah, then that would get Brennan back in custody. Temporarily, anyway. Because she looked ready to fall flat on her face. Dade caught onto her arm and led her down the hall toward his office. This Darcy Burkhardt is a tough co attorney. Dade let Kayla know. She could somehow get it all thrown out. That's why it's important for us to connect this so-called gun to murder and then to Brennan. That's physical evidence and could be a hell of a lot better than just a confession from a man with a criminal record. So-called? You think Flynn lied about that? 
Oh, man. He hated to see her hopes smashed like this. They took her into his office, made her sit in the chair across from his desk. He wished he could give her a shot of whiskey from the bottle he kept in his bottom drawer, but she would need a clear head because she still had to make a statement about the shooting. Instead, he handed her a bottle of water that he'd taken from the small fridge behind his desk. I'm sorry, Kayla mumbled. She drank the water as if it were a cure for what ailed her, gulping it down so fast that it watered her eyes. Or maybe that was just more tears on the way. They'd wanted to pull her into his arms for a long hug. He wanted her to lean on him, but that would be a dangerous mix right now because of the attraction. Instead of skimming his fingers down her arm. Everything new we learned just seems to complicate things she mumbled yeah it did they would have preferred flynn to give a clear no strings attached confession but instead he added this mysterious gun to the mix might be critical and it might be a smoke screen but someone had to investigate it that tied up manpower and resources when all those resources should be focused on picking up brennan and canceling his bond they'd moved some things off the corner of his desk so he could sit not exactly touching Caleb, but close enough. But they didn't watch where he was sliding a stack of folders and then bumped into the frame photo, knocking it over. Kayla reached out and picked it up. She started to put it back, but she froze, staring at the picture. His mom, maternal grandfather, Sheriff Chet McLaurin. The shot had been taken outside a brand spanking new sheriff's office. Chet was smiling, that good old boy half smile of his, and his white Stetson slipped low on his weather face. He was a legend around here before he was killed. Killed, she said under her breath. Kaylee continued to study the photo. Yeah, he was shot 20 years ago while investigating the robbery. His killer was never identified or caught. And after all these years, that sliced right through his heart, his brothers too. In fact, it's the reason all the violence had gone into law enforcement. A case they couldn't solve. A wound that couldn't be healed. I've seen this photo, she said, tapping it. Surprise, they took it from her. Had another look, even though he knew Everdino. There's one in Grayson's office. She shook her head. No, I saw it in Charles's office. What? And they couldn't ask it fast enough. What was Brennan doing with that picture? I don't know. She had more water. Looked at the, About 18 months ago, I was sneaking around in his files, looking for anything I could use to get Preston and him arrested. I knew that was the only way I could get out of my situation. I just learned I was pregnant and I was looking for a way to get out. Dade felt it again. That jolt of hatred for the Brennan man who made Kayla's life hell. I remember the picture because it seemed out of place. I mean, there were other photos. Some mug shots, some taken from a camera with a long range lens. And then there was this one of the Silver Creek Sheriff's Office. I looked at it a long time, trying to figure out why Charles had it. They did the same now, trying to see if with fresh eyes. His father was in the shot, his mother dressed in her Sunday best, him and all his brothers. Who's that? Kayla asked, tapping the image of a person standing next to him. My brother Gage. They didn't want to feel the resentment for his younger sibling, but he did. He left home not long after high school and didn't come back. Gage had run out of the family, just like their father. He joined the CIA and was killed on a deep cover assignment. Oh, I'm sorry. Kayla said softly, thanks. He mumbled and got his mind off Gage, back on the picture, taking all these years ago. Next to Gage was Mel, the current deputy, who was then just starting a rookie here. Two deputies long since retired. The then mayor, Ford Harrington, who was now a state senator. And then Dade's attention landed on the man at the far right of the happy group, Winston Calhoun. He was assistant DA back then and had every right to be in the photo. 
After all, it was the grand opening of the Silver Creek Law Enforcement Facility. But because of Dade's recent suspicions about Winston, his presence in the photo seemed a little menacing. Where are the files that had this photo? Dade asked. In the storage room of off Charles's office, but it's no longer there. She was glad. I went back about a week later to see if I could find anything, and all the files were gone. I'm pretty sure Charles figured out I'd been snooping in there. They didn't doubt it. Heck, Brennan probably had surveillance and knew what Kayla had done. Sickened him to think that the only reason Brennan had let her live was because she was carrying his grandchild. The picture probably wasn't enough to get an additional search warrant for Brennan's place, but Dade would question the man about it when SAPD took him back into custody, which hopefully hadn't already happened. He reached for his phone to find out the status of that, but it buzzed before he could make the call. It's me, Mason greeted in his unusual growl. Brace yourself, little brother, because we got a problem, a big one. And the problem's name is none other than Misty Wallace. End of chapter 10.